you know, at the end of the life, you know, you don't want to be laying on your deathbed and thinking, man, I didn't serve my purpose. I didn't, I didn't go after, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that because realizing that, you know, all these things that we might put on pedestals in our society, it's not anything when you're laying there. Welcome to the No More Zero Days podcast. I'm your host, Eric Savage, and today we have a guest that I know will help you overcome the fear you may be facing of wanting to work towards your dream goal and overcoming those zero days. What is a zero day, you may ask? A zero day is when you do absolutely nothing towards accomplishing the goals or dreams you have set forth. So today we will hear from Stephen Vaughn, CEO and founder of the nonprofit Dream Chasers. Dream Chasers is an after-school activity-based character development program. His program implements exciting games and challenges designed for any skill and ability level to build confidence, engage participants, and build team-based atmospheres for the kids after school. As Stephen will explain to you, he quit his day job with a wife and a one-year-old child at the height of his teaching career after just being named Teacher of the Year to pursue Dream Chasers full-time. Today you will hear his story, how he overcame losing his father to cancer, his take on knowing the difference between your passion and a hobby, and how to overcome the negativity in your life that we all face when starting out your entrepreneurial venture, and many more other topics that I was extremely inspired interviewing Stephen. I hope this interview is as helpful for you as it was for me. So now, let's get into today's episode. Why don't you tell us how you came up with Dream Chasers, or what were the life events, or your personal circumstances that led to founding this idea? Yeah, um... I was on a typical path coming out of college uh, in the teaching profession and I was graduating in 05 with a K-12 like physical education degree wanting to go into coaching and uh, at, at that time you know I was very content in that path and excited and my father in 2006 right when I was graduating in December of 2006 was diagnosed with uh, stage four lung cancer and it threw a curveball in my life where I started recognizing and, and searching for the bigger picture of how I could serve my purpose and also um, just recognizing the pain that I was going through and processing that. And then, you know, as I, I was going into teaching, I became very hyper aware before I ever came up with this idea or anything else, I became very hyper aware of the situations that were surrounding these kids that I were teaching because of the circumstances that I was going through. So I was more sensitive. I had more empathy. I, I, I related more to uh, their their struggles and their um, their circumstances that they were going through. So that was something I picked up on early. I, I came out and was teaching in a middle school, then moved to a high school. And then, uh, the high school was like an alternative high school, uh, and very, very real situations were going on there. Uh, and then, uh, my wife and I got married and we, we, we moved and landed in an elementary school. Uh, this was something that I did not plan on doing because I had plans of coaching and everything else. But, um, in elementary school, they, those kids really opened my eyes to the fact that they were in a moldable state of mind and uh, just s craving what the world had to offer and the excitement of what was down the road for them. And 
they they just had a joy about them. Even even the ones that were struggling on a day to day with what with school being hard or their family, uh, you know, struggling or the brokenness and all of that. Like they they came to school and I, they were hungry to 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 learn and they had a, 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 a just a beaming joy about them and that that hit me really hard. Like in this moment, in this this situation situation in this setting there's a chance for us to help build their traction. Now I'm not talking about telling them, you know, how to solve a math problem or how to read a book, but like, why are they doing the daily things that has the uh, outcome that they want to achieve in life? Like, what is that? How to reach for that? How to recognize that? How to be intentional on a daily basis? And I started recognizing that third, fourth, fifth grade, this upper elementary age, uh, once they started processing this, it was very powerful and it, it, it kind of started shifting their mindset and their posture on a daily basis in the classroom, outside of the classroom, how they respected and, and, and encouraged others, how, how they did all these things because they started recognizing that, um, through the things I started teaching in my classroom that, wait a second, all these things are connected. Like, I mean, if I'm wanting to be this, if I'm wanting to be that, then, I have to do this today, not, well, I'll start working on this at the end of high school or going into college. I hope I can do this. No, let's, let's start saying, let's make this happen. I will do this. This is how I'm going to do it today. And I'll be better today than I was yesterday. So a lot of that started processing in my mind and also recognizing in the title one school that I was at, that I, there was nothing available after school for these kids and they were going home to a lot of brokenness and I wanted to surround the, their, their, their mindset and their, um, their daily activities with things that were going to continue building them and pushing them forward. And so in, uh, 2009, I put pen to paper around this organization and it started with just the idea of a, of a summer camp. But the whole time that I was, I was thinking about this and while I was teaching, I, I was always thinking that this has the potential to reach beyond this community that I'm in and across this nation. And how can I do that? And came up with and started developing the model that is a scripted curriculum uh, program that can be offered in a package deal uh, to schools across America. Um, And, uh, you know, it was a light bulb that, that started that went off and, but a fire that kind of lit inside of me recognizing, wait a second, this is a way for me to channel my pain and make impact and, and drive purpose through this because now I'm helping kids that, that maybe not even going through a, a, a difficult situation at the moment, but recognizing that life will throw us obstacles and will throw us pain that we do not see coming. And if we are ready to combat that with a driving force of recognizing what they want to become in life, what they're reaching for in life, and then being intentional about the things that are surrounding them to get there, um, then they have a mindset that they can overcome and they will overcome the, the obstacles on their journey. So this, this organization dream chasers, is a way for me to uh, me to deliver uh, the the importance of I feel like the importance of 
creating an activity-based opportunity for kids to, uh, to um, just be active in a team-based environment and build confidence that way. It's amazing what I watched in my PE class where a kid from all skill and ability levels, but like once I got them enjoying the things that we were doing or making them smile or happy, and then it turned into attempting or participating in something and that participation built into confidence and confidence is such a powerful component in having the energy and the fuel to get where you want to go because if you're confident even as adults we realize this like once we build confidence in a certain area then we're going we we have the we're comfortable and and pushing as hard as we can because we feel like we can do this we're um it kind of drowns out the fear so this was a powerful like uh, evolution that just happened in my classroom that I was watching. And uh, I remember right before I jumped out of teaching and resigned out of teaching, I, I, one of the last things that helped me realize, man, there's power behind this, um, other than testing it on with, with some of the kids at an after school uh, opportunity at my school. But I created a dream wall in my classroom, and one of the things I recognized, every single kid in my school wrote down on a 3 by 5 card what their dream was, and I posted it all across this huge wall in my gym, and not and there was several powerful components of this. Um, one, every time they came into my gym, they saw who they wanted to become, so they, it, it repositioned them for their daily action in my classroom. That was powerful. Uh, but two, I recognized that they saw opportunity over obstacles. When they were writing down what they wanted to become, regardless of their life situations, they were very optimistic on becoming that. They might not have had the tools in place to get there yet, but they, they wrote with intention and they wrote with uh, uh, an excitement that um, was very contagious to me and to the people around us when we were doing this activity. And it was, it was powerful because I think as we go along life um, and, you know, with the responsibilities and the day to day as adults, uh, but sometimes it's easy to see the obstacles before we see opportunity and we're scared. We're scared to jump. What if this happens? What if that happens? And those things can, can suffocate who we can become in our, in our full potential. And so I remember vividly calling my wife, uh, at the end of that school year, like right before the next school year was supposed to start. And, um, just coming off of ironically, like getting teacher of the year at my school and all these things. And they <laughs> reserved a parking space for me and all this stuff. And I was like, um, I, I have to, I feel like I need to, res- it's time to resign. And, uh, this is a complete leap of faith uh, because uh, I know that we're not ready as a family for me to do this, um, but I just feel that um, this is an urgent call that um, is on my, my heart and God has directed me to, to pursue. And um, I have faith that that doors will be opened and things will happen through that. Um, so I resigned. Um Drove away from the school, not knowing what in the world I was going to do, not having, literally not having um, clear, like, safety nets in place. It was very, very, like, jump. I'm I'm in a jumping mode. I'm going, I'm jumping, and through that, um, it was, 
it was very freeing, uh, but very this is the scariest thing I've ever done. Um, but I did realize when I was watching those kids write those dreams down, and I watched the power of what this program was doing, um, in schools at that time, and in a couple of other states as well. Um, I just realized in order for me to say, you need to be a dream chaser, not carelessly do this or not recklessly like do this, but like if I'm going to be saying you have the potential to do great things and these are the tools that you can put in place to do that, um, I need to be a dream chaser myself. And I couldn't speak wholeheartedly about being a dream chaser to kids and to people and audiences all across America before I was actually the example of that. And, um, I was extremely convicted on that. And, and so, uh, things started opening, things started happening. Uh, I'm not saying it's easy. It was ever been easy. It's been very, very difficult. And I didn't go to school to be, uh, you know, um, uh, like I didn't, uh, I don't have a business degree or like I didn't go to school to, to lead an organization or a company, but, um, I, I just hold certain values true, uh, that my dad taught me and I'm learning, um, and just continually being in a posture of learning. But, um, he just said, never forget who you are and never forget where you came from. And if you stay true to that, um, then just stay on that path and it'll lead you in the right direction. So you said two things, one just a second ago and then the other a while ago. And I love your story. I I'm curious the first, so two, two follow-up questions. One, what was it specifically in those kids that you were teaching initially that resonated with you? You you talked about, you saw that the kids were struggling with things you were struggling with at the time that your dad passed away or around that time. And you said you kind of saw yourself in that or you were able to, I don't don't know what that commonality was, whether it was pain or what. And I would be very fascinated to hear what that was that you kind of saw yourself in that, or or at least maybe not you saw yourself in them, but you could relate to them. I'm curious what that answer is. And then the second question I want to touch on, because you did such a great job of, of admitting that you were scared, but take me back to that moment. Maybe it's the night before you walk into your principal or whoever your boss was at your teaching job. You've, you've been nominated teacher of the year. You've got the parking spot. <laughs> and you have to have the conversation and say, I'm leaving. And I'm I'm curious, what were your internal struggles or what were those thoughts like? Because um, I'm sure you have some because I remember the, the night before I had to walk into my boss and I, I don't think I slept actually. Um, and, and I'm just curious because I think a lot of people listening to this have an idea, have a dream, have something that even they're just passionate about maybe it's another job that's ten thousand dollars less a year it's just something that they're going through the motions now but there's something that's keeping them up at night or that's always on their mind they're like oh i gotta do this but it's that fear or that's the anxiety or it's whatever it is that's you know wrapped around you that's keeping you held hostage from really going after that dream so talk to me about those kind of that night before or the week before or if you or if there even was a moment that you're really kind of struggling or second guessing yourself and how are you able to actually overcome that and take the jump? Because I can't relate in the sense that you said, you know, you, you had a family with you, you had a wife. And so I can kind of be, or at least I was able to be kind of selfish in the sense of like, Oh, I'm just risking me. 
But for you, there was more than that. And so I think that takes even more courage. So two questions. One, how, what, what did you see in those kids? You talked about that, that you're struggling um, with the unfortunate loss of your dad. And then two, you know, what was that truly like? Let's, let's sit here for a couple of minutes and listen to you kind of break down the night before, the week before, just that whole decision-making process leading up to you saying, all right, I'm saying the words, I'm leaving. Uh, all right, <laughs> let's do this. Uh, two great questions, and I think this is uh, stretching questions that, that I, I love diving into, but uh, let me try to dissect that a little bit. Um, with the kids, relating to their situations or you know through my circumstances, how did I see that what I wanted to do could help them? Um, I... You know, I had the opportunity and was blessed with the opportunity before I recognized the power of what this, what was going on in the first few years of teaching. I taught at middle school for a year. I taught in a high school for a year, and I taught in elementary school for seven years. But through that, I got to see the spectrum of of kindergarten through twelfth grade, and I think that was. Um, I know that was just part of the the overall plan for allowing me to see this transition and ironically it was every single school that i taught in was title one high poverty um, different situations like that where the 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 circumstances were extreme um and you know like i i didn't i didn't feel like i had anything for those kids um especially um when you know me losing my father was very very fresh i was i was dealing with my own struggles and stuff but realizing that as I started talking to them, I watched kids that were struggling with depression. I, st- I watched kids that were struggling with, with being bullied, um, losing their self-worth at an early age, like not knowing what to do with that. Um, I watched kids that were struggling with learning disabilities in the classrooms that were thinking that they, they just never had, they will never have a chance to do anything great uh, because they're comparing themselves and they're they're comparing themselves to the standard um, and the marks that are set before them, and uh, they never were able to um, start recognizing the uniqueness of their their gifts and their abilities, regardless of all those things. Um, and they were they were seriously struggling. I mean, from suicidal thoughts to everything in between. Like, I mean, real stuff. And I'm like, kids. No one should should be thinking that that way, but man, what's happening that will allow a ten year old to think that way? Like, what is it that's losing the traction? And what I really recognize is I could get a kid that was walking into my classroom, and it wasn't you know every single time, um, but I could get a kid that was walking into my classroom that was coming in with that those things, carrying all that stuff, and. I realized that if I could, if I could just give them a special little tap on the shoulder or a hug and say, "Today we're gonna have fun. Whatever you're bringing in here, leave it at the door. Let, let's let's just have fun. And if you want to talk afterward, that's great. But let's 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 try to just enjoy the moment together. And when they started playing the games. And when they started getting encouragement from the the kids in in the class, because that was part of the culture of my class, like very high level encouragement from others, um, when that stuff started happening, it was literally like a like 
a shift and a different person most of the time with these kids that were coming in with the struggle because they started getting encouraged. They started getting built up. They started building confidence, even when they felt like at the beginning that whatever we were doing that day was was maybe just they weren't good at it or whatever that may be. But camouflaging that with fun and a, a contagious atmosphere of, of um, encouraging and loving on others and being supportive of one another and all those things just started building this kid up and he walked away or she walked away with just gleaming and a light, you know, just like going out of there with a smile. And I, and I started recognizing, man, what if we can combine this, this stuff, this, like this atmosphere of building them up and, and engaging them through fun games and stuff. But as a camouflaging, that as a way to really just build their confidence in all these categories and and build their self-esteem and encourage them and then give them tools around being a dream chaser um, and teaching them the importance of reaching for your passion, building the right team around you in life, and having grit to overcome your obstacles because you're made to do great things. Um, but it doesn't come to you. You have to work for it, and you have to go after it. But you can because you're good enough and you're special enough. Um, so I hope that answers question number one in a roundabout way. But I, I, I did see that what I was doing could would was really like starting to shift um and 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 change like real situations like that um and real struggles not you know Susie pushed me in the hall right outside of the gym you know and, and now I'm mad it it was you know deeper than that and it was stronger than that and but it was changing these kids and uh they can carry that with them and and you know how much is it how much does it make a difference in your day if you know um a couple of your friends randomly throughout the day will text you or you get a, or you get a card in the mail or something, you know, let's go old school, you know, like get something like what, what does that do to your day? Like what if you get started, get surrounded by that stuff? Um, and then like all of a sudden this confidence that is built, um, propels you into a next level of your potential. Um, going into the, uh, (laughs) the night before, of resigning, uh, to answer question number two. Um, you know, I, my wife was just finishing grad school. Um, and I had a one year old, a one year old, like not sleeping at night, um, in daycare that I was, you know, as a job that was, I was giving, I didn't know what was happening with that. You know, it's just like all these questions. Um, and I walked in there almost in a, a like I was numb kind of thing. But um, what's beautiful, kind of about the story, in my opinion, that I that I love is that everything about this organization reflects kind of around the struggles that I was having starting this organization, and um, this this fear of you know failure and the recognition of obstacles. And just that realization that, hey man, I'm I'm scared. I'm really scared about this. I'm 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 fearful. Um, and I will tell you, one of my biggest things was just the feeling of uh, being inadequate. Um, I'm not good enough for this. Like, I, like who am I kidding? This I can't do this. I just need I just need to stick in the path and be content because I have it 
I mean, it's going to be a good life. I'll be fine. We can we can keep going with what I'm doing, um, and my job is secure. And uh, I think, you know, at the beginning, some of the excitement of the unknown helped me get, you know, jump a little bit. Um, but I didn't jump recklessly either. Like, I, just for the audience to know, like, I had been running this for a couple of years before. Actually, yeah, I started, I launched it in 2011. I started brainstorming in 09. I launched a school in 2011. In 2013, I resigned. So I'd been running it for two years. And I think one of the biggest things uh, when, when people want to start something, uh, I think the perception could be that um, this this might not be too like I I don't have to I don't have to put in the added work right now or I I can I can do this um, I'm just gonna jump and I'm just gonna do it uh, but what I recognize and what I think people more people need to recognize hey you you do need to be very hyper aware of your passion you de- you do need to be very hyper aware of what you really really want to do but the power in that is if you want to make sure that you're cut out for this, you need to start doing that while you're doing what you're doing because the work on this side of things and the like the unpaved path is very real and very ongoing and very exhausting, but it's also very, very, very fulfilling. Um, so it's just more so like giving a, yourself a little test, I feel like, and, um, saying, all right, if this is what I really want to do, let me start trying to do this while I'm managing my normal life. And when one of them choke the other one out, you have a clearer path in the direction you need to take. Um, and I guess somewhat, you know, that might be a safety net, but I think that's just a wise transition to see is your passion or are the dreams that you want to fulfill or this, you know, this idea, um, is it going to be, uh, something legitimately that can, um, fill my time and, um, fill my heart and, and, and make the impact that I want it to make. Um, so, you know, I would just advise that don't jump just so that you can change your schedule. Don't jump for, for things like that. You you actually need to go into a state of overdrive um, in a very real way to see what that, that's, that hand of cards will show you. What's your two cents on basically how do I know if it's my, my true calling or passion or purpose and how do I know if this is just like a simple hobby? And I'll give you an example. So when I was in college, I had a ton of musician friends, right? They're playing at different restaurants, at different bars. They're great. But it's fascinating to me, and maybe this isn't a quite a good parallel, but I'm just giving you a, a little bit of fodder to you know get your mind thinking because I'm very curious about your take on this. Is So of the six of them, you know, one of them has ended up making it huge, like, in Rolling Stone this year, huge. Another is decently big, not quite that big, but she's made it big. And then the rest of them, 
I don't want to say uh, gave up because, A, it's not my story. I don't know what, what happened. But essentially just kind of like they never really got that that momentum going where it was able to happen. And so I'm curious because I know I've seen a lot of stuff online of other entrepreneurs or people that we both mutually listen to that people are always calling in and asking, like, how how long is enough? Like, I I quit my job or I quit the thing I was doing to follow my heart, but it's been six months and nothing's happened. Should I keep going? When do I fold the cards? When do I know, okay, yes, I'm passionate about this, but this isn't going to grow or this isn't going to sustain you know, the money I need to have a wife and a one-year-old or, or have this? Or is the answer never? I'm just curious about your hot take on that of following my passion. Is it truly just that if that's truly my God-given passion, it's finding a way then to just live a much lesser lifestyle than I ever would have thought I would have to be able to do that? Or is there some point or some kind of, you know, collect $200 and pass-go moment that you're like, okay, this is when you really you made it or you didn't? That's deep. I don't feel like I'm an expert in this. I just feel like I'm a participant in this. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm just running the race of what we're talking about here. Um, but I do, I have recognized a couple of things. Like, um, very few of us actually end up doing what we say we're wanting to be when we're five. So what does that mean? Um, you know, that's one thing, you know, to, to consider like in this variable, in this equation, I will tell you though, that, um, when there is failure that, I mean, I am a firm believer that the failure is just, if you're, if you're aware, if you're looking for it, the failure leads to opportunity. I mean, you almost have to have that mindset. And if you, because if you don't, when you hit failure, which we all hit failure, um, in one way or the other, um, then what are we going to do? Just give up. You know, what are we going to do? Just lay down. I also will tell you that it's been eight years since I started this program and I'm still not where I want to be. So I had to consider my options. Do I need to clean up my own lifestyle to simplify if this is something that I feel like is still a driving force and a passion for of mine? Is this passion one of the other things that I, 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 I always do a self-check on is like, is my heart still right for this? Am I still hungry for this daily? Do I have a hunger to, to see the vision that I had come to life? Um, is that something that is drying up? Um, is it drying up because this is a, like, this is dying and I need to reshift and use what I've learned? Um, or is this drying up because I'm not, um, I don't have the right components in my life to keep it fueled. I'm thinking I'm just like throwing a lot of hypotheticals out there, but it's, it's the real struggle with me. Like, like I said, it's been eight years. A lot, I think a dangerous thing for people that are pursuing something they're passionate about is that when it's not an instant gratification, we think it's not right potentially. And, you know, I think focused intensity over time is where you learn who you are as a person. You learn what you're made of. You learn, you learn what is possible through that energy. We just don't, you know, it's, it, I, I feel like in our society, more than ever with everything in our fingertips 
I don't even like waiting three days for an or like an, an online order to get to my house because you know we're used to Amazon Prime and all this stuff, you know. And it's like I wanted to. I ordered it thirty minutes ago. It should be here. Um, <laughs> so I think that's scary though for the entrepreneur because we're getting used to being able to do all these things at at the at a voice command or a click of a button and when it comes to big vision and big purpose and big passion like sometimes this is a i mean sometimes people work their entire life and never get there but what's hap- they're paving the path the path for someone else to take it carry the torch and take it take it home and i you know my there's a real struggle i mean i talk to my wife all the time and um about you know, i'm not I'm not just a kid anymore that can, can try this project out. You know, like I'm racing time a little bit and time is a very real thing because, and, and I was very more aware of that as my dad passed at 56. Um, it was, it was unexpected, it, it, but it realized it, it put a, a time frame on time for me a lot more, um, and made it very real. So, I think that's just like how much effort you put into it and, and how long do you go after it is, is a situational thing. Um, I, I would just honestly just always have heart checks and checkpoints of am I where I want to be? If I'm not where I want to be in X date, you know, X, X amount of time or this date down here, I'm going to reevaluate. Does something need to change? Do I need to, can I put more energy into it or do I need to, use what I've learned and take a different path. But I do think you need to be very self-aware of the hunger and the driving force behind like, what, what do you, what do you, what are you hungry to do? Um, and also is that something that will, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty convinced, um, that purpose, one of the, one of the, um, variables and the equation of, of, of serving your purpose it needs it needs to serve others better. It has to have a servant like component to it because we're here to. I mean, in my opinion, we're here to to serve and to love others and do that well. So if if I I just think that somewhere deeply rooted in anyone's purpose is um, a component of serving others well and you know making things better. And, um, if that's not in the, in the equation, then maybe it is a hobby, you know, maybe it is something because if it's, you know, a hobby might not keep you up, but if you recognize your purpose, um, <laughs> it, I mean, there was nights I couldn't sleep. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I'm not saying a hobby won't keep you up. I'm just saying like, you know, it's not like, I just feel like, you know, when you're, when you when you're thinking about this greater plan for your life or greater vision and you, you want to pursue something that you feel is your purpose and your passion and, um, you have an idea, then, I mean, I sleep with a notepad beside my bed for the last eight years. I mean, literally there's nights where I wake up and I'm like, I can't, I got to write it all out. I got to think through it all. Um, and I think if you just, if you have that hunger check and that heart check, then um, 
it kind of builds you up also for for all of the things that just make this a very hard thing to do um, with the obstacles and the the things that every day I feel like I'm just not good enough. You know, I'm just I don't you know my story's not strong enough. I don't I'm not the right person. Someone else can do this better. Like um, you know all these things uh, and. I think, you know, when we, we recognize that we're here for a purpose, we have our story, um, we have our talents and gifts and, and our passions, and we need to, you know, at the end of the life, you know, you don't want to be laying on your deathbed and thinking, man, I didn't serve my purpose. I didn't, I didn't go after, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that because um, realizing that, you know, all these things that, we might put on pedestals in our society. It, it's not, it's not anything when you're laying there. Amazing. So I have two last questions. First one, and then I'll, I'll let you answer the last second one. What role has faith played in your entrepreneurship journey? How has it helped you? How has it made you struggle, if at all? Because I think that's an interesting component. But what role has your your faith in God played in this journey so far? Literally, the only reason why. I'm still doing this um, because I have a, I, well, it's just the, it's just the strength to continue. Um, And, you know, when you believe that uh, he knows the plans he has for you um, and uh, I believe that, you know, he's given us the, he's given us the, the urge and the desire to do things, um, but he's not going to give it to us. He's given it, but he's not giving it as far as like laying it in our lap. Um, and just the pursuit, uh, I think along this journey personally, um, there's always self checks because, you know, running, running on fumes and running on empty. Um, I try my best to keep a balance and, when things are out of balance, you know, like with spending time with my family or spending time um, reading the Bible or in, in prayer, like um, if, if things are out of balance, then it's off. I mean, it's clearly off and I can't, I don't have the strength for the, the day and it's just reassurance of the journey. Um, and it's honestly the, um, it's the, it's where you can lean on when you feel like you're totally alone. I feel like one of this, the big things about this journey is that it feels very lonely. It is sometimes extremely lonely where I could have never imagined, um, you know, having an organization that's now into eight States and thousands of kids to the program and having like all these people that are you know starting to be more aware of it but like i've never never could imagine that like there's the darkest times when you feel like i mean i'm so so in the dark like i'm alone um and uh it you know some people have an epiphany like where it's like very strong where they feel like God's leading in into ministry or into to certain things um and I do I do feel that I've I've not really mentioned this to hardly anyone but um when I was sitting up in my 
my old house uh, and one-year-old was sleeping and my wife was sleeping and it was about three o'clock in the morning and I had paper balls all around me behind my chair and I was trying to think of the mission of this organization and the vision statement and, and where where would I want it to go. Um, I felt a very strong, and this might seem weird to people, um, I, I don't know, but um, it freaked me out, uh, but I just felt a very strong like whisper or, or just a conviction of um, very clearly it said, or I heard, um, you're the only one that can mess this up. I got you. And so, <laughs> like, I mean, I, this sound, that's probably so hard. There, everybody's gonna be like, "Oh, this kid is crazy." Um, I'm, I'm just saying, like, it was strong enough for me to look behind me, and it was strong enough for me to get chills. Like, like literally, I looked around the house. Like, was my wife up? Was like, but here's what makes that statement hard, or that thought hard, is that I got to check myself through this whole journey. Or I can mess it up, you know. I I mean, like, it, it's there to to make an impact, but like, I got to keep working. I got to keep fighting. I got to keep striving, and I have to be better along the way. Not just at running a business. I got to be better at serving others through this business, and I have to be better at at leading my family through this process. And I have to be better at all those things that make me, like, whole. And, um, you know, that's just my story. That's my that's my uh, kind of an aha moment in the in the the quiet of the night. Um, that sounds very very crazy, but it was just kind of a a, a wake up moment. And that's honestly why why I've been able to kind of plow through some of this stuff because I'm like I feel like it's still there like we're going forward but I, I feel like there was there was a, a reassurance and a promise like given um, and so only my lack of focus or um, anything like that could be could be the one the thing that derails it so it's very uh, it's very much like a self-check daily like all right i've given i've been given this day i've been given this moment i've been given this interaction with this person um let's let's make it better let's serve well amazing so to close this out we're on the no more zero days podcast a zero day is a day where you do absolutely nothing towards your goal and so the idea is that like you even stated today it's it's a journey it's a marathon we're not running a 5k and so as long as you're, you're progressing, to me, that's healthy. But you can't have a day where you eat bad, you think bad, you just do nothing towards your goal because those become contagious and ultimately, I think, really derail a lot of people. So to close us out, what what is your word of encouragement? Because you have such a great encourager's heart or servant's heart. What, what encouragement, what motivation, what can you say to the person today that's, that's having a zero day that's getting nothing done towards the things they want to, that are distracted, they're discouraged, that are maybe depressed, that are maybe anxious, but they know God has a calling on their life or, or they have a dream or a passion, but they're just so defeated by the world, their circumstances or whatever. 
what what do you personally want to say to that person to close us out today on this episode man <laughs> another heavy one um i i think that for us to uh, really re you know, rebalance or or find the most out of the day i would encourage you no matter how how down you are how defeated you are um recognize that you are you are special and you're here for purpose and um you have what it in what you have in you what it takes to to do something that you haven't done yet but that you're potentially capable of doing um and i also want to just encourage you like when you're when you're the when you're down or when you're you're fighting this this frustration or struggle go make somebody else's day better give someone else encouragement hug someone else's neck uh write somebody a thank you card and see what that does um i think the clearest and most straight path out of out of frustration and out of being down is to give serve uh give back like you know bless someone else because in that in that there is pure joy um that you receive from that um and there's pure joy that you give from that so like and it will you know every time that i'm just in a rut um and it's quiet and i'm 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 feel like i'm the only one fighting the fight um i look for ways to to just engage in conversation and tell someone else how much i appreciate them or uh send someone a you know just a a quick message uh, of encouragement um and every single time it turns my day around Wow, what an amazing episode. There's so many different takeaways that I know I'm going to be applying to my life moving forward. Some of the things that really stood out to me were just his ability to stay the course, right? So he's eight years into starting you know, this, this company with this vision and this passion for kids. It was amazing to see how God moved in his life and through his teaching career of teaching all the way from K through 12, this experience of his broken heart for these kids that were going through these extreme negative, you know, household situations and him wanting to be encouraging and be light. And I just thought that was such an amazing way that God orchestrated, you know, the previous years of his life and and Stephen's courage to be able to jump out with a wife and a one-year-old daughter while pursuing his passion. And so I was extremely inspired by that, touched by that, and I hope you were as well. If you want to follow Stephen and get more um, engaged with what he's doing, shoot him a message, send him some encouragement, um, get involved with Dream Chasers, or even donate to their nonprofit. You can follow Stephen on Instagram at Stephen R. Vaughn, V-A-U-G-H-N, Vaughn, on Instagram, as well as their Dream Chasers organizations is Dream underscore Chasers underscore org, O-R-G, or you can find them online at dreamchasers.org. I hope you enjoyed another episode of the No More Zero Days podcast. I look forward to hearing from you. I'm your host, Eric Savage. You can reach out to me anytime on Instagram at Eric Michael Savage. I look forward to hearing from you. We'll see you again soon.